0: Well, woo-hoo, it's happy times and places. What's that? Well, it's a Doctor Who episode commentary podcast. And what makes it different from the others? Well, I try and be positive, and I'm also on a quest to guess what my special guest's favourite things about this particular episode
1: are. Hello. I'm Ian McLaughlin, and I was delighted when I found the Dalek Master Plan was still available to talk about.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. We're leaving the devil's planet uh, and uh, advancing to episode four now of the Daleks Master Plan. It's another one uh, whose assets we can only guess at because we will be largely experiencing this through still pictures and audio all lovingly put together by Loose Cannon. Uh, And that is the medium I am going to be enjoying this on as I press play in three, two, one. Uh... So this is where this story, you know, starts to get... Well, no, I think it's already got its reputation. We've lost Kurt Gantry, haven't we? We've got a very injured Stephen at the beginning, and then an injured Brett Vian. Well, a a, a grim-faced Brett Vian. Um, uh, We've got, you know, the very highest person from Earth's authority, Mavic Chen, turns out to be a traitor. We've got all these uh, glorious aliens working with the Daleks. uh, And uh, four plucky adventurers... Have nicked the Terranium core and uh, uh, are on the run, Uh, and the four of them, sadly, uh, are about to dwindle in number. And of course, we so we hadn't seen this coming. So it would be interesting to have seen, uh, you know, how they did the the reveal of the cliffhanger, because all we have is that blood-curdling, piercing scream of Katarina. uh, and that, and that that extended opening suggests to me that I think we we and the way that that's been put together as well that that we see it from sort of Kirkson's point of view or with 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 Kirkson which we weren't in the last episode because of course that it was the shock reveal um, uh, but that's that's purely guesswork um, I haven't actually uh, I haven't actually looked at the script I might uh, I should really do that shouldn't I <laughs> uh, I do have the scripts. Um, Oh, uh, yeah! Don't go to Kemble. You don't want to go to Kemble. It's why do you want to go to Kemble? It's it. We we've already established that Kemble's really inhospitable, full of vaga plants and Daleks. Whoever the Daleks are, they'll help me. Oh, so where have you been on a pris? Oh, in prison. Uh, where obviously you haven't had, haven't had the news that the, the Daleks aren't great. Um... Yeah, so they're pursuing. Oh, the Spar, of course, which is a great spaceship. Got, got word about the Spar. it is a wonderful, wonderful spaceship. And I do like this Dalek design, and it's, and the black livery of the uh, of of your Chief Dalek. Um, just those little simple things, but they, the, the the way that they glide so impressively, and it's brilliant voices too. I need. To, Yeah, fantastic voices, fantastic gliding Daleks. Um or, Uh and it's yeah, so the stakes the stakes are are sort surely of high as they've ever been in terms of scope, um in, of, of of this is this is very like those sort of large scale century uh, tv 21 comic strips which and, and a bit sort of like the dan dare sort of stuff where you you really got the feeling of this sort of vast empires out there um uh you know with governments and with prison prison planets and with security forces uh i, I really like that sort of big wide world building even though a lot of it is told from essentially two spaceship sets uh you know that this one that the heroes are on uh and, uh, and and the Daleks chatting to each other. Oh, uh, and of course that's brilliant because the Doctor says, you know, we'll 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 press the button and eject you into space. So that that you know that tells Katerina that that's possible. She, she hasn't had a line, has she? It's, and it's really grim. She's really pulling away from him, and he's you know grabbed hold of her. You animals. Peter Purvis is really good in this scene. Um, and uh, but but there's there's so sort of little build up to this in terms of what we see from her and and what we hear from her. And and I'm sure doesn't. The doctor say take him back to Kendall, and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, well, we could go to Kendall. There's lovely mint cake there, but um, but 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 Purvis, you know, because because Brett has to be sort of quite dour and pragmatic. That's Courtney's job. He's doing the drama, but it's very sort of grim, downplayed drama. Uh, you know, P- Purvis is uh, is is the one who's really upping upping the ante. Not that button, and the way he screams, Katarina There, I think is. Amazing um, oh dear the death of Katerina, which is very well done here on the on the on the reconstruction where it's silent. She wanted to save our lives. must have been quick. this is all great stuff. Not that way. Oh dear. That's really well done, and this is, you know, this is a sort of gutsy. She didn't understand, she couldn't understand. She wanted to save our lives, perhaps. Oh, well done, William Hartnell, yes. This is... Oh, dear. I always remember her as one of the daughters of the gods rather than an actress that came in for, for about a month <laughs> oh Hartnell does that so wonderfully I think that's beautifully quiet and then they cut to this bit which is the first bit of filming Adrian Hill ever did for the show and Doug Sheldon indeed where they're, uh, where they're uh, you know on, on trampolines and floating in space and I believe didn't uh, the producers of 2001 or something phone up and say how did you do that it was really well done and from what we can hear, it's quite a, it's quite a sort of extended sequence, a bit like the one of uh, Scooty Minister in, um, uh, in, in uh, uh, in in uh, in the Impossible Planet. Um, just a very silent, admirably silent moment with just the weird, spooky space sounds. But that's really nicely done. Uh, I think Peter Purvis is magnificent in his sort of script. I remember the first time I saw that as a you know, as a, as a clip, it was on Daleks the early years, I think, and, and thinking, wow, that's, you know, that's gutsy and mature and uh, and, and quite, you know, heart-rending. But actually, you know, view, viewing it in context of the episode, I mean, it's, it's the, the episode's not not very far in and they've offed a companion, as I say. Uh, we can debate till the cows come home whether whether Katerina is a companion or not. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I thought she was fairly short-lived when I found out she was in... Just when I first heard about her, found out she was in The Myth Makers and died in The Dalek Masterplan. Uh, we weren't told then that she was in the last half of the last episode of The Myth Makers and, and dies before the fourth episode of The Dalek Masterplan is halfway through. And you go, gosh, um, I, th- I think there are unit corporals that have been in Doctor Who longer than that. Um, so... And, and adrian hill I only think did one one convention and a couple of interviews but uh 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 i i, I think had she wanted to uh, and lived sadly because she died relatively young if she but if she if she'd wanted to uh to to, to exp, exploit her companionship she would have been uh she would have been uh 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 m- making hay with a very limited amount of sunshine um uh, so Lizan is back from episode one, uh, L- uh Lunyasha Gria, Pamela Gria, um, no Ronald, sadly, um, and this character, Carlton, where, cause everybody, uh, in Earth Control, um, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in Earth Control are bald. They never quite explain, whereas I can, if uh, all the techniques are bald, um, and that's quite a nice wheeze i suppose maybe they have to shave their heads for so that they don't carry any space bugs but then carlton is bald as well and he's a senior member but lizan is not bald <laughs> and uh, marvic chen is anything but bald but nonetheless it gives a nice uniform look and it and it kind of anticipates Lobot bot in uh, uh empire strikes back um there a load of bald people in Flash Gordon as well, um, or did I dream that? Am I getting that conflated? Yeah, I think there are Are there bald people in Flash Gordon. Um, uh, but but this is great because I I love all of this stuff of Marvick Chen coming black and planting the seeds of treachery. You know, um, of 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 again in this in this. World of governments and security forces, you you can have people working to different designs and and undermining that stuff. So where would be a safe haven for our heroes normally? The Earth uh, security forces. Well, if this guy in charge is is planting little uh, little seeds of uh, 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 of treachery, um, as it turns out, he doesn't need to dupe uh, Carlton because Carlton's a baddie anyway. Um, he, he's, he's, he's bald and he draws, and his name begins with a K, so it seems he seems, yeah, he's bad, baddie. Um, uh, he's got a limp as well, which we'll talk about. Uh, I, I do like Maurice Browning's performance as Carlton, um, but I wonder if we should talk about it in episode five when we can actually see him. But I like his diction and the way he says, Myra, um, and he's, he's got a wonderful voice and a very posh diction, which you you couldn't have somebody doing now uh uh but also as i say, a a limp so we've had our first um uh actor of color in the daleks master plan uh we also get our first and there are fewer of these in doctor who our first disabled actor morris browning uh in doctor who uh but we'll talk we'll talk about lovely morris browning uh uh, in episode 5 i think um but yeah that limp is not oh i'm playing a baddie i'll give him a limp uh, the actor himself actually has a has a limp um but yeah he gets cast as a baddie so it's difficult isn't it because you go well we've you know we've we've, we've used an actor uh, who has mobility issues ah yeah but you've cast him as a baddie yeah but it's a great part and he'll be pleased of the employment so um, you know, the, the, it, you could tick off anything you like. you say, oh, well, we've cast him as a hero. Ah, you've cast him as the hero who's got fewer lines than the hero who was in it last week, you know. Uh, you, you, could get, you could get across about whatever you want. Um, uh, uh, it's a lovely performance and he's a nice actor and it's a nice piece of trivia. Um, and of course, Brett. you know, Brett has actually been as prominent, if not more so, than than uh Katerina, and he's building up really nicely as a character you know he's uh, and he's this sort of doctor who sustains this sort of character nicely again particularly doctor who of this sort of period because um uh you know cuz doctor who is this sort of old man uh who you know who can't do as much as a sort of actiony stuff well i mean and and, and nor would trout have done but but having a sort of military space figure is uh uh, this is that you know he's a bit like the james bond of outer space that that, that mark Corey, um I, I think was was given the appellation uh at uh, 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 one time um and i think that works really nicely in this and in, in, in this context um of of a show that's trying to be you know a bit more sort of american in its approach where you know people are tough uh and people are agents and uh people go around shooting things and uh of course we we're, we're, we're going to be uh introduced to um to kingdom who we don't who who they talk about for ages don't they kingdom without saying it's it's actually a lady um uh, and 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 her introduction um obviously causes ripples that will affect the, the rest of the story but but obviously more immediately in this very grim episode it's called the traitors isn't it this episode uh, and the traitors are the dr stephen and brett although the traitors are chen carlton and uh, daxter who we will meet shortly and i suppose no sarah is not a traitor but she um she's she's gunning for the wrong traitors the actual traitors are are sending her to deal with whom she thinks are traitors but aren't um what are these two up to? There's lots of, I mean, talk, talking around stuff here. Oh, he said security. Kingdom, yeah, he said some of your security men. So um, it's not just that by saying, yes, and they've introduced kingdom as being ruthless and efficient. They really build up the character. Which as I say is a nice because they're going, Oh kingdom but he also did explicitly state men, which which he doesn't mean. Uh but it's a it's a nice it's a nice introduction to, to the character who becomes this very important character, but again, I would say of dubious claim to companionship, uh Sarah Kingdom. It's got a nice space telephone as as Carlton in this. Um the traitors have arrived. So he's relishing uh, this uh, this performance again, but he's taking his time. Is uh, Morris Browning as Carlton? So uh, 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 you know that that makes the threat quite. You know, because when a, when baddies start to panic, they sort of they they become about rough rough around the edges and. Uh, uh, and, it, and it undermines their credibility a little bit. But I, lo- I love the way that these two guys are, are taking their time because they're, you know, they're in control. They've, uh... uh Mavic Chen's writing in his special way uh, with his pen between his fingers. Love that. And, and clearly, because he does it in the next episode as well, they've clearly gone, we really like what Kevin does with his fingers, so have him writing loads because that's really cool. Um, oh, Kingdom's a Lady! What a reveal! Um... And Jean Marsh is great casting because she's got that very clip delivery and she's very... And of course, she actually also has a natural warmth, which comes through later. But uh, but she's very, you know, pinch, she can do pinched and pointed delivery. Uh, and she was married to John Pertwee at this time. Um, so little did they know when she went home to her husband that uh, he was actually going to contribute a bit more to Doctor Who than than she was. Uh, so they're waiting for Dakstar, uh who I seem to recall shouts most of his dialogue in this. It's Roger Avon, a uh, good actor who was suffered in in the Crusade. So he like... Uh, uh, um, Gene Marsh is returning from the crusade and Nicholas Courtney was nearly cast as Richard the Lionhearted the crusade had uh i think he you know he was he was thought of for it but you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't turn down Julian Glover when you got him um uh but uh you know uh, canfield obviously had a a pool of actors he enjoyed looking at and working with um so yeah Roger Avon um crops up in doctor who uh a fair amount in this period because he's also in dr dalek's invasion earth 2150 ad um a, a, a sort of very big chinned sturdy actor who was still when i was learning about actors here he is coming in now uh, when i was learning about actors he was uh, uh, you'd, you'd see him in quite a lot of 60s stuff but but he was also he pops up in an episode of um black adder when uh, the highway the highwayman episode of uh Blackadder the Third, and he and he does he has shut up you stupid fag hag or something. God he has a great line, and uh, and I remember him doing some sort of insurance advert where he was interviewed and and it's you know Roger Ravon and his wife, but it didn't say they were actors even though they are actors, but they're actors talking about you know that the, the lines were blurred as to um, uh, whether they you know they weren't vox pops as it were. But anyway, um, and I recall him in in his spotlight saying genuine Geordie. Uh, because that you know that's a, that's, a, that's a thing you could sort of do to just just go oh yes you know uh, uh, when because so many actors of that period had sort of you know most actors lose would lose their their natural accent and, and could fall back into it of course but but you know most actors of, of a couple of generations spoke RP um, in order because that was seen as the, the sort of default accent. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to play Daxter as a Geordie. Uh uh, but I like that that he'd inserted that back in into his spotlight. I think in the eighties where it's a genuine Geordie. Just to, you know, just to give him an in somewhere with a casting always helps. So he was still going strong when I was uh when I was a youngster watching watching modern programmes. Uh but he's been dead for some time now. Uh Roger Avon. Um I don't uh, I don't know that he was ever interviewed um it's before my time of writing to actors and things like that uh but a good fa- good face good uh, lived in face with sort of slightly sunken sullen eyes uh but uh, but of course he is the traitor dax Uh and then we see a character called Borkar later there's like the the, the 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 sort of similarity of the names it, it makes everybody feel part of a whole um But we don't have uh... Oh yes So, I'm, so uh, And and you know Why is everybody a traitor our, our... This is where it gets a bit muddy Because if Is Dax Dar... Is Dax Dar a traitor Is he willingly going along with Chen Because Chen is his boss uh, but, but of course, because he's 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 denying it. He, you know, we're, we're, we're we we yeah. Uh, he 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 is Ill on the side of the baddies. It's not that he's been duped by uh, Chen, which is a good job because uh, Brett's about to kill him. Yeah, he he gets he gets quite high pitched, um, f- fairly. Quickly with being uh, accused. Maybe he knows his friend from all his life. Brett, his uh, uh, at the mere whiff of treachery is going to waste him, which he, which he does. So it's not a massive part, is it? Um, but it just goes to show that in the in the world of uh, the space security service in this universe that we inhabit, um, justice is pretty summary, which is important for later. And and this is great because the Doctor. Um, you know berates brett calls him a brainless idiot you know the doctor is is very firmly saying this is not how i deal with stuff and brett who we like um uh you know foreshadows his own uh, death by with his sort of shoot first ask questions later uh, i was talking through trantis last time trantis is the mighty roy evans uh, who i'm sure in episode two i reeled off his cv uh Still as I record this uh going strong, I got a letter from him not that long ago. Uh, uh he was a good friend of Lenny Main, the director. Um Uh but yes, and and Trantis is is the spiky faced one. We're not sure if he's the spiky face we don't think he's the spiky faced one in Mission to the Unknown, but there's a whole podcast in uh which uh, which delegates become which this um reconstruction is using the trantis or the spiky faced alien from uh from mission to the unknown because when this reconstruction was put together we didn't have the moving footage of episode two which has roy evans's trantis in it and so there weren't enough pictures um so this is the uh this is was it was it len russell maybe playing the spiky face run a mission to the unknown because he's the smaller he's the smaller actor of 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 the ones playing the delegates um jack rayner does a brilliant thing on her blog um google that uh and uh, and she will she will go through she goes through in painstaking detail uh, which delegate is which in Mission to the Unknown and which delegate is which in the Dalek's Master Plan and the mysteries we have that surround all of those. And I love the fact that there are such mysteries, although I will happily see them solved by the return of every single missing episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, Do- the the doctors really, the doctor really doesn't like Brett that much actually, <laughs> which is uh, oh Sarah and Brett, uh, and she yeah and, and of course yeah the lesson here is don't shoot first and ask questions later, but this is this is really grim because you know we've lost Caterina uh, but but at least we're sort of thinking that that Brett was here. For the long term, but Brett thinks she's the traitor, but she shoots him, uh, and later we learn that this was not a great thing for her to have done. It gets a bit soapy, dare, dare I say it, which I, I don't mind. But uh, uh, anybody that loves sixties Doctor Who that thinks uh, 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 oh s- sort of this per- personal stuff is a uh, is, is an invention of Russell T. Davis, uh, but but I, I'd been led to believe that that yes. Whereas, of course, this I'm now watching the bit. I'm now watching the bit from next week, where you don't actually see Brett Brett Vian's body because uh, <laughs> because they don't want to pay him to be in next week. But I assume at the end of episode four, you you did when uh, Borkar went. Brett, that's Brett Vian. Uh, that you did probably see him, um, but uh, um. You know that's that's pretty uh, that's 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 pretty grim stuff. That uh, you know, two allies of the Doctor, as well as Kirk Gantry in episode one, you know, have been have been wiped out without an awful lot of ceremony. It's a very grim. Uh, universe uh, that uh, that the time travelers find themselves in in the Dalek Master Plan, and I rather like it. Um, you know, a lot of the sci-fi of Doctor Who has been quite strange. Some of it has been a bit boys-only. Some of it's been a little bit quaint. Uh, you know, I'm talking in the in the uh, uh, in the previous couple of years of the show. You know, some of it has been a bit uh, a bit hackneyed. Um, some of it has been. Remarkably unhackneyed and really, really strange web planet. hackneyed, I was thinking, you know, space museum. Um But this has got the sort of the the sort of boys' own adventuriness of the of the more contemporary stuff like Dalek invasion of Earth. I know it's set in the future, but it's it's a you know World War II resistance story. And this has gone well. Let's do all that kind of stuff, but let's set it in the future and create our own sort of universe. and uh, And I really like that. I think that works. But. My favourite thing in *The Traitors*, which is a great title, because I like the way that it plays with the expectation and uh, of, of who is a traitor and who isn't. Well, not the expectation, but with the, with with, you know, who is deemed to be traitors by different forces moving throughout the episode. Um, the death of Katerina is the best thing about that episode, and I think it's one of the best things in in the show. Up to this point, I think it's really dramatic, and the fact that they give such weight to somebody who basically kind of wandered around, being being slightly off kilter for for three and a half episodes, um, uh, and and give it such weight, and and she, you know, she doesn't even get to sort of say anything or, or have a final speech or, or have a final moment that isn't her being sort of grabbed and just sort of reaching for a button, but she's no, no, no great big speeches. No, no great big moment of introspection five minutes before to, you know, give her a little bit of a, a grace note before, uh, you know, there was, no, there was no moment really in the last episode where they sat down and, you know, she said, I'd like to become one of the, uh, the daughters of the gods. Or imagine what it'd be like floating around in space or anything like that. It's uh, it's pretty harsh. This is quaint old 60s Doctor Who, pretty harsh. Love it. Um, but I think, the, you know, the weight that they give it and the Stephen screaming of her name and then the silence and then the Doctor's little eulogy that he gives her and then the fact that it cuts to them, you know, Floating like cinders in Spain, but you know, but, but floating about in space, which I am, I, you know, I can only imagine what that looked like. But uh, it was a, you know, it was a sequence they invested in on on film, and uh, and it impressed it impressed the MGM guys or whoever it was. Somebody find it in a cupboard. Um, meanwhile, who's in my cupboard? It's Ian K. McLachlan, uh, the uh, veteran fan. Uh, responsible for so much that we know about the early years of the show, Ike, he's got letters from William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton. Oh, Ian, uh, and here he is in my cupboard, um, giving his verdict on episode four. And if he doesn't choose the death of Caterina, I will shave his beard, shave his long white beard off. Uh,
1: uh, that's not legally binding. Then we have the traitors. Now I would nominate the traitors as my favourite all-time Doctor Who episode. Oh! Why? Well, there's two surprising incidents in them. Uh, That episode was Lone to Blue Peter, and there is a chance, there is a chance that that might turn up, and I would love them to traitors to turn up, because you had the unexpected death of Katarina, which you didn't expect, Katerina had been mentioned in the Radio Times, and I remember closely reading all the Radio Times previews beca- before I watched the Doctor Who episode, and uh, Katerina wasn't really mentioned. There wasn't any, inter- any information about uh, the actress Andrea Hill's uh, past um, acting life before it, and I thought that was very strange. But uh, I knew that, well, that was why there wasn't much about her, because she didn't survive very long, and unfortunately. But I would nominate the death of Brett Vian as the thing that I really was shocked as well about in that episode. And the disclosure in the, 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 after that, that Brett was uh, Sarah Kingdom's brother, was another shock. But the death of Brett Vian, Peter, Peter Purvis mentioned at one time that he thought he would, might be replaced uh in the show by brett and it was uh so but that didn't happen of course brett was a short-term character and he disappeared so for the traitors the death of brett vyan
0: oh oh, right uh (laughs) well the death of brett vyan is of course really really good um but i and, and really effectively done in its sort of bluntness and, and the, the repercussions it has for Sarah later when she becomes our friend. Um, and the introduction of Sarah. I mean, that's that's so well done as well. That could have been the best moment. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, well, uh, and, but it's, it's Ian's all-time favourite episode. Wow, we've just watched Ian's favourite episode of Doctor Who. Um, there's a lot to recommend that episode. It's really, really strong. So much to talk about there. I'm pleased to say, um, but I love the way as well that he was saying. Oh, no, we looked in the Radio Times, and there wasn't much about the actress. And uh, so you know, sort of extrapolating there, goes. so oh, I'm not surprised that she died. I mean, it's essentially trawling the internet for spoilers, isn't it? <laughs> in in you know in photo in in, uh, in print form uh, in 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 1965. I love that. I love that. Uh, I, I, I love that. Um, the fact that we're 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 all creatures cut from the same cloth even though uh, you know ian was doing that you know 10 years before i was born uh, <laughs> and you know 40 years before the invention of the thing that we we glean all our information from now or try to avoid our information from do you think there are other people going well i'm not getting the radio times for the whole of for the whole of this uh, the next 12 weeks because you know it's an epic story i don't want to be spoiled for this epic story they might give things away that i you know <laughs> love that well, anyway, uh, I am to go and sharpen my scissors to uh, to uh, to go and cut cut off Ian's beard for choosing. I thought I thought that one was in the bag. So four down. Have I got none? Well, I've got none. Uh, so it looks like the Daleks' master plan is going to be a total uh, whitewash. So that would be the end of a story, a four-parter. But we're we're only uh, a third of the way through this mighty epic. Um, that shows no signs of letting up and next time we'll have moving pictures too and an episode i'm much more familiar with because i've obviously i've seen the, the ones with moving pictures that have been around a while uh much more uh, but until then um yeah i'm gonna go and uh, sharpen my scissors uh you uh go and do whatever it is uh, that you do but remember not to be a traitor and i will speak to you next time thanks for listening Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest, Ian K. McLachlan. These commentaries would be impossible without the support of patrons who include Ruben Herfindahl, Peter Burns, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Nick Tedston, Jonathan Potter, Richie, Dylan Reese, John Rivers, Jim Sankster, Matt Sawyer, Keith Say, Neil Tate, Nick Temple, Sabrina Tirabassi, Reynard Toombs, David Trainier, Apollo C Vermouth, Gary Wales, Adam Westwood, Rich Wiggins, Michael Williams, Andrew Willis, Andrew Wilson, Stephen White, Quaridors, and Robin Bland. And everyone else who I will mention at another time. The music was by Dave Gates and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. Corridors and Robin Bland, eh? You see, some people are so proud to sponsor me on Patreon.com forward slash Toby Hadoke, that they have their names read out that aren't their names. <laughs> I want an acknowledgement, but don't let anybody know it's me. Oh, that's the murky web we weave when supporting artists. Uh, but you can do that, patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydug, and you can be as anonymous as you like. It starts for as little as £3 a month. And even on top of that, if you sign up for a whole year, you get a 10% discount. And for £3, you get advanced releases and bonus material, exclusives. Uh, and there are higher tiers as well that get you a few other things but it's fairly egalitarian and most things are available at the lowest tier but you can give me you can give me whatever you want and it really does help me to uh, take the time to do these properly and to get these out on a regular basis so I'm very very grateful to all of those people who are patrons and to those who do one-off payments at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock, which you can do anytime you like and there's no sort of binding commitment there but you know I'm just grateful to you for listening. Thanks for doing that. Listening is, of course, free. And if you like free stuff, well, why don't you go to uh, iTunes or wherever you get these podcasts and you can do more free stuff like give these a five star score and perhaps a couple of lines of positive review. That just really helps to separate these out from all the other brilliant Doctor Who podcasts out there, but it means that uh, Passing Trade might spot this in the crowd and give it a listen, and that just really helps me, and it emboldens me to do more and encourages me to do better, which I'll try and do better. actually recording this bit it's gone midnight uh it's actually one o'clock in the morning on sunday the 2nd of january so do you know what i'm doing i'm actually recording this bit this frivolous bit that a lot of people who are switched off for because it's post credits it's post the usual boring patreon plug and itunes plug and all of that this is the dregs that i'm recording for the what half dozen of you that are still listening uh, I'm actually recording on my birthday. <laughs> this is now. It's 101. It's just past 101. <laughs> what's your, what's in your <laughs> room? 101, Toby, to talking into thin air on my birthday after an episode of Doctor Who that I've talked through that I can't actually see and will probably never see. Um, but there we go. So um, I, I don't know why I share that, but anyway, because I mean, patrons, you'll be listening to this. I think uh, a couple of weeks later, I guess. Uh, the way things are going now, this is due, yeah, uh, oh yeah, literally two weeks from now. Um, non-patrons, I, I can't keep up with the schedule, but it's our long. It'll be closer to next Christmas than last Christmas. Um, the the date, not the Doctor Who episode. There's not a, there's not currently a Doctor Who episode called Next Christmas, although I'm sure there will be at one point. Anyway, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you because. By the time you listen to this, most of you will have had a birthday since my birthday. Oh, we've all had a lovely birthday. Um, so anyway, there we go. Uh, who, who 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 says Doctor Who fans aren't sad? S- s- sitting alone on their birthday at one o'clock in the morning, talking into thin air. But do you know what? It's probably more fun than
1: most things I could be doing, to be honest. Uh-huh.